Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at ritual.com prenatal. Welcome to Least of These, where I cover the cases that need it most, because every life matters and everyone deserves justice. I'm your host, Leah D. And today, I'll be bringing you part one of the case of Nature Boy and the Carbon Nation cult. Let's get right to it. When you think of cults, what's the first thing that comes to mind? For many, the mention of the word cult brings up images of Jim Jones and Jonestown, the Manson family, Heaven's Gates, or maybe the Branch Davidians and the cult leaders of days past. But what if I told you that research suggests at any given time in the United States, there are up to 10,000 cults in existence? According to the president of International Cultic Studies Association, Steve Eckel. Many of them will never even learn the names of, because unless crimes are committed or there's a mass suicide that captures the attention of the media, most of them are extremely small and deliberately try to deflect attention away from themselves. Again, this is all according to expert in the field of cults, Steve Eckel. It's a scary statistic to consider, especially when paired with the fact that studies showed that pretty much anyone can get sucked in under the right circumstances. While anyone can fall victim to the promises of better tomorrows, unlocking the secrets of life, or the promise of endless money, you know, the typical cult rhetoric, cult leaders target those who see themselves as outcasts, are unsatisfied with their lives, and often suffering with mental health issues. It just makes sense, because if you're happy with your place in life, you're probably not going to be willing to abandon it, which is definitely going to be a requirement when joining the cult. You'll have to give up all your money and possessions, usually to some charismatic, all-knowing leader, for the greater good of the group. But not to worry, because there's this grand utopia made of pixie dust and rainbow farts waiting. There are no more worldly problems, no more 9-to-5s, because they have all the answers. And they've chosen you to be a part. You were born for this. Your family and friends and everyone who knows and loves you they're not going to get it because they haven't been enlightened yet. But you, your very DNA is born of stardust from the 33rd galaxy. 
And if you just leave it all behind, you too can live forever in this perfect world. But make sure you bring your life savings because rainbow farts aren't cheap or something like that. From the outside looking in, it's hard to believe anyone would fall for this. But the manipulation of the mind is a powerful thing that can creep in and take over, brainwashing the victim into believing whatever the leader wants them to believe. And it starts small, often with the leader or spiritual teacher causing the potential recruit to question a belief or practice held by mainstream society. Of course, the fearless leader has a solution to all of society's problems. And if you follow their teaching, you'll get exactly whatever it is you're seeking. In the past, recruitment was generally done by word of mouth. Loyal followers would go out and recruit in their own communities. Heaven's Gates notoriously recruited through posters hung around college campuses. One such poster from 1975 read, UFOs in San Francisco area, why they are here, who they have come for, when they will land. Two individuals say they were sent from the level above human and will return to that level in a spaceship within the next few months. This man and woman will discuss how the transition from the human level to the next level is accomplished and when this may be done. This is not a religious or philosophical organization recruiting membership. However, the information has already prompted a number of individuals to devote their total energy to the transitional process. If you have ever entertained the idea that there might be a real physical level in space beyond the Earth's confines, you will want to attend this meeting. So it was a recruiting poster that definitely wasn't a recruiting poster. Scientologists also frequently use posters to recruit for the Sea Org. The posters looking like they ripped them off straight from the Marine Corps recruitment ads, one stating many are called, few are chosen, with photos of Sea Org members in their dress uniforms. Times have changed, and though you can still find Sea Org posters floating around out there in the wild, most cults have adapted their recruitment tactics and developed social media accounts. It's cheaper, easier, and anyone with a cell phone can reach the masses. And when you think about it, Social media is the perfect breeding ground for aspiring spiritual gurus. Anyone can create an account on multiple platforms for free, say whatever they want unchecked, and reach millions. It's the blessing and the curse of social media. And you can bet your sweet ass cult leaders have used this to their advantage. Leading expert on cults, Stephen Hassan spoke to AZ Central on the dangers of cults and social media, stating, What I'm learning is just how completely indoctrinated people can get from just watching YouTube and being on their computer at home. They don't need to go to isolated locations and have a lot of the stuff that I experienced when I was in a cult 40 years ago. In the 1970s, Stephen Hassan belonged to the Unification Church better known as the Moonies, for two years before breaking free and devoting the rest of his life to educating the public about cults, eventually writing multiple books and developing the BITE model of cult mind control. According to Freedom of Mind, the BITE method consists of four major methods of control, behavior control, information control, thought control, and emotion control. When all four levels of control have been met, a cult can gain full power over a human being and essentially strip them of their free will. But as I said, it all starts out innocently enough. 
For many of the members of Carbon Nation, it was as innocent as watching a video on YouTube. Social media is exactly how Lachio Bishop transformed from a former stripper, male prostitute, and barbershop owner into a cult leader with roughly 90,000 subscribers on YouTube, 25,000 followers on Instagram, multiple Facebook pages with thousands of followers, and a TikTok account with over 35,000 followers. With all these accounts, there are thousands of hours of self-help videos featuring Elagio Bishop, who is now known as Nature Boy or Three God, who believes he is actually God, instructing his followers on how to become the best versions of themselves by practicing nudism, polygamy, eating a vegan diet, and shitting on the base of trees. Yes, shitting on trees is important to the members of Carbon Nation. And that's not even close to as weird as it's going to get today. But before we get there, let's start at the very beginning and how Elagio Bishop went from sex worker to cult leader. While researching this case, I sat through hours of Nature Boy's videos on his multiple social media accounts so you don't have to. All of this background came from Elagio Bishop himself. There were several things I could verify, but a lot that I couldn't so take it all with a grain of salt. Elagio Lee Bishop was born in Harlem, New York on April 29, 1982. He was born addicted to crack cocaine and both of his biological parents died when he was very young, so he was placed in the foster care system. At 11 or 12, he was adopted by the Bishop family, who he claims severely abused him. According to Bishop, this abuse led to his first encounter with nature. Since his adopted mother wouldn't let him in the kitchen, he would often eat from fruit trees in the backyard. He also claims that the family told him his dark skin was ugly, and he didn't even have a light in his bedroom. But Bishop believes all of the abuse was preparing him for the life he would lead. When he was a teen, he began running away from home, finding freedom in the streets. During his time on the street, he broke into people's houses and eventually served time at the age of 16 for a number of armed robberies. During his time in prison, his mental health deteriorated, and he attempted suicide and was placed in the psychiatric ward of the prison. His experience on the psychiatric ward intrigued him, and he began researching the human mind. At around the age of 20, he was released from prison. According to Elagio, he then joined the United States Army and successfully completed basic training. But after learning that there was a very real possibility that he would be deployed to Iraq, he told his command that he had psychiatric problems and was discharged. At some point, he went into Job Corps and later began modeling. Modeling led to stripping, and stripping led to sex work. Elagio claimed that even though he had all the money and women he could have wanted, he was still unsatisfied so he went to school to become a barber, eventually opening up his own shop in Atlanta, Georgia. The shop became successful, and at one point he was cutting hair for celebrities on The Monique Show. But again, he was unhappy. So he got an RV and traveled the coast of Florida with his at-the-time girlfriend and her child. He would come back to Georgia to work in the shop, but it made him miserable. He was tired of meaningless conversations and ignorance and believed he was destined for something greater. This is when his real spiritual awakening began. He started having dreams about dark shadow beings. In these dreams, Elagio was the light and the dark beings wanted to touch him. 
the dreams persisted, and he began to experience sleep paralysis. All of this scared him to the point he was afraid to sleep at all. So again, he began researching, and he claims he was able to reprogram his subconscious mind. After his reprogramming, now when he fell asleep, another set of eyes would open, and he was able to slip in and out of different realities. And then the revelations began to follow. He stopped taking showers, started eating only fruit, stopped cutting his hair, and eventually gave everything away, his cars and the barbershop. And he was, quote, reborn as nature boy. He sold his large home, moved into a small apartment, and set up a studio. Nature Boy took to Facebook Live, building a following, talking about his revelations. And then came another epiphany. All of humanity belonged in the tropics, more specifically, isolated out in nature in Central America. The buildings and hustle and bustle of the people in the city was affecting his energy. This is why you, it's not good to live in cities. It's too many people around to interfere with your energy. And you, you, you're collecting information from other people's mind that ain't even your mind. You have other people's dreams and li visiting their realms. And this is when I was like, whoa, 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 isolation. Isolate from everything, back off everything. At this point, Nature Boy was ready to get out of the matrix or in other words, leave the United States. Hey y'all, I'm here with one of my favorite podcast hosts. Allow me to introduce you to Jake Deptula from Strictly Stalking. Welcome, Jake. Leah D, thank you so much. I want to tell your listeners about Strictly Stalking. It's a weekly true crime podcast I host along with Jamie Beebe. We're dedicated to create awareness to the horrific crime of stalking and the effects it has on its victims. We interview survivors, family members, advocates, law enforcement, and other experts to tell their stories and give advice on what you can do if you have a stalker. You share the shocking stories of survivors and so many tips and resources to stay safe. You and Jamie are in your fourth season with over 150 episodes to binge. Speaking of Jamie, I heard she was off in Bali somewhere picking up bikinis. Hey, you and I both know Jamie loves to travel. Hey, Jamie, if you're listening, take me with you next time. You can find Strictly Stalking with Jake Deptula and Jamie Beebe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. Check it out. You won't be disappointed. In 2016, a follower reached out on social media and said he had a brother with land in Honduras. In a Facebook post from June 2016, Nature Boy posed with a backpack, writing, The ascension journey has begun. He was heading for Honduras, urging commenters on the post to let him be their, quote, guide out of the hell realm. And just like that, Carbon Nation was born. Although that wasn't what it was called at first. The name Nature Boy originally gave to the group was Melanation. Nature Boy held the belief that the more melanin in someone's skin, the higher the intelligence, which is why moving to a tropical climate and exposing oneself to the sun was so important. This was based on a long-time debunked racial theory. Nature Boy, of course, kept using his social media accounts to preach his message and continued to gain followers, mostly young women from the United States, Canada, and all over the world. 
some of them deciding to pack up and leave their lives behind to join Bishop in Central America. But things weren't all sunshine and rainbows. According to Nature Boy, not long after their arrival, the group was robbed in Honduras, their passports taken, so they went to Nicaragua with plans to go to Peru. However, once they made it to Costa Rica, they decided to stay because the people were so kind. That's the story according to Nature Boy. But that has been disputed, and claims have been made that they were actually kicked out of those other countries. The group rented a beautiful home in Costa Rica. And at this time, there were roughly a dozen followers living there with Nature Boy and others were encouraged to make their own tribes. While they had this beautiful home, they didn't actually live inside of it. Instead, the house was used as a studio for making videos and a place for the group to have meals together. But they slept in tents outside. As time went on, Nature Boy's teachings got a little, well, stranger. Not only did he claim he was God, but also that he was immortal. And if you followed his teachings, you could be too. Birthday celebrations were a spell, and aging was all in your mind. Birthday is aging you. The ritual, it's a ritual. They turn the lights down. They light a candle. This is all, this is all a spell. This is a spell. And they ask a little child, how old are you now? Hold on, what are you talking about how old I am? Why are you, I'm just a child, how am I old? Why are you equating my youth with old? And so your body cells hear that how old, I, oh, I'm getting old, or listen, or in the life that you live, people think that they're getting older, so their thoughts become things, and it shapes the body. Your mind shapes your body, so if you think that you're gonna get old, the people in your life you have watched deteriorate and got old, so you think, because you live in a world that gets old. So therefore you think in your mind that you get old and you have to break this spell. This spell has to be broken. You are infinite. When someone asks your age, you say zero. If they want to know your login date, you tell them your login date. But you don't tell people that you're a certain age. You're not a certain age. I stopped counting. I stopped counting. This is also a program we must get over. We think that death is a part of life and it's not. Once you think in your subconscious that death is a part of life, you start to age. Your cells in your body believe it, and, and, and so therefore they start to age, and you age. When you do not believe in death, you do not die. In the spring of 2017, the group gained international attention. After 21-year-old Kayla Reed left her home in Newfoundland and moved to Costa Rica to join the group. When her family didn't hear from her, they reported her missing and the story made the news. As it turned out, according to Kayla, as she spoke in the BBC Stories documentary, Nature Boy with Ben Sand, after watching a single video of Nature Boys, she sent him a message that same day, telling him that she wanted to come and join the group. Arrangements were made and Kayla headed to Costa Rica. She changed her name to Sunbeam and claimed she was happy living with the group and that she didn't want to interact with her family anymore. When asked if she believed carbonation was a cult, she responded, Canada is a cult, America is a cult, everything is a cult. She went on to talk about some of the beliefs she had adopted since joining the group, stating that she no longer liked toilets because the soil belongs to the trees. So I'm in an abusive relationship with the trees if I don't give it back. 
Moving on, Sunbeam eventually posted a video to her Facebook saying she was fine. Nature Boy also did an interview with CBC News, claiming Sunbeam, aka Kayla Reed, was safe and happy in Costa Rica and could leave whenever she wanted. He went on to say that he had urged her to make contact with the Canadian police and her mother. He said, I'm a black man and she's a white girl. It might seem to the world that I'm holding her hostage. I wanted to make it clear. Call your people and let them know you're okay. The interviewer took the opportunity to ask a few more questions about the group. One was exactly how many members there were. Nature Boy dodged the question and said, You asking how many people are in my family is irrelevant. How many people are in your family? It's just irrelevant to the conversation. Let's move on to something that matters. Next question. When asked if his group was a cult, Nature Boy repeated the same answer as Kayla had, stating, I am a cult, and then went on to accuse the US, Canada, and now CBC News of also being cults. With all of the negative attention, Kayla went back to Newfoundland, where she was hospitalized due to mental health concerns, but later expressed online that she planned to return to Costa Rica, start a new tribe, or to join another one. Other members of the group were interviewed by Ben Sand on that documentary, Nature Boy in Search of the Cult Leader. One man was asked how old he was, and he stated, I'm actually immortal. I don't die. Energy never dies. Albert Einstein says this. He went on to say that the goal was to create a community of melanated people, but you didn't have to be a person of color to join. He actually stated white people can come to Costa Rica and get tan. In fact, according to this dude, hundreds of people from all races had come already. Ben Zand also spoke to a man who called himself Golden Boy, who claimed he was awakened by Nature Boy and believed in the group so much he had given all his money to him. And Nature Boy had spent that money on materialistic things like a ping pong table. This pissed Golden Boy off, so he had started his own community with his soulmate, and they had a few members living with them. They were still following the teachings of Nature Boy, but there seemed to be friction. Nature Boy actually called in the middle of filming, and he was angry that they were doing the documentary. After the call, Golden Boy said, of course he's mad, he's always mad, and went on to talk about his huge ego. Claims were made that large donations were handed over by members of the group when they joined. In fact, one member had reportedly handed over $300,000. While members of Carbon Nation lived a simple, natural lifestyle, it appeared Nature Boy hadn't left Babylon behind and still raked in the cash. Babylon, the system, the matrix, these were always Nature Boy referred to society also referring to a member's biological family as their Babylon family. Once you became a member, you were to leave your Babylon family behind. Cult Nation was your family now. Leaving your family behind also included abandoning your children. Another member who went by the name of Ave said she moved to Costa Rica with her young son because she wanted a better environment for him, but she was living in another tribe because Nature Boy couldn't accept her lifestyle with a young child. She went on to say that Nature Boy is seen as the father and master teacher, and that everyone goes to sleep at the same time, all in the same room, and they aren't allowed to sleep until Nature Boy is done teaching. 
The sleep arrangements, as it turns out, weren't the only reason children, other than his own, were forbidden from living at the compound with Nature Boy. I want to warn you here. What we're about to get into is something I'm not sure I have words for. I can say it's racism, sexism, pedophilia, and absolutely disgusting. But I'm not sure that adequately describes it. Out of all of the insane rhetoric I heard coming out of this man's mouth while researching this case, this right here disturbed my soul. In a video posted to his YouTube channel in August of 2017, titled The Black Woman Has Been White Supremacist's Number One Weapon, Nature Boy stands in front of the camera and delivers a rambling message. Starting with Jesus isn't real, you yourself are God, and you shouldn't drink cow's milk. If you take your kid to school, you are taking them to prison, and feeding them milk and pizza is the same as feeding them poison. And then things take a turn. Nature Boy rambles on about a custody battle with his baby mama and how she belongs to the government and states, them women rights ain't right. A man is supposed to rule. He went on to blame practically all of his, as well as society's problems, on black women. We live out here in this country, man. I live out here in Costa Rica. The men is valued, man. The men don't have a problem with their woman. They don't have to, the women don't talk back to their man out here. Ain't no drama, ain't no motherfucker police out here. A group of men right here, they chilling, man. They watching the soccer game, man. They just chilling. They probably gonna go home to their wives, go have dinner, relax, and raise their kid. But the Spanish community here, they don't have a problem with that, man. They don't have a problem in their homes, and they have the fathers in their homes. The father want to be there. Any, any, any man that has a child wants to be in that child's life. Don't ever think that your father didn't love you. Don't ever think that your father didn't care. It's just that your father felt like he didn't have a place in your life because your mother was in the fucking way with this white supremacy benefit shit. Your father loved you. You was his pride and joy, but he had to do what a man gotta do. I know I did. I know I did. I know I love my motherfucking boys, man. I love my sons, man. I love, I think about my sons every day. But I refuse to be a slave because they want to reap the benefits of white supremacy. I refuse to be a slave. In the Bible it says if your eye hinders you from, 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 from your higher self or heaven or the kingdom of heaven, it's better that you gouge your eye out and walk into the, and walk into the kingdom with one eye than to have two and burn in hell. See the thing about it is this: I wasn't a, I wasn't gonna allow her to make her to her to put me in hell just to sell my soul to motherfucking Chuck and Job. Not only is that the most backwards ass thinking I've heard in my lifetime, I'm just wondering how we went from Jesus isn't real to quoting the Bible all in one video. And if you thought that was the most disturbing thing you were gonna hear today, have I got news for you? Because what Nature Boy said next was even more sick and twisted. Well, why you don't let kids there? You know why I don't let kids there? You know why I don't let kids around me, other people, kids around me? Because the way I am. See me, I like to be naked. Let me tell you a little son about Nature Boy. See me, I'm a real human. See my kids, when I see my son, this is how I treat my son. We naked together.
My son started being ashamed of his body. And I seen it happen. I didn't want that to happen. They made him ashamed of his body. They showed him that he was naked. I did not want him to know he was naked. I said, son, look here. I didn't even want him to be in a world where he knew he was naked. I wanted my son to be so pure that he never knew he was naked. I take bath with my kids. I'm naked with my kids. I have sex in front of my kids. I never be ashamed of sex. My son be breastfeeding and I'll be making love to his mom. That's me, bro. That's how I get down around kids. I try to keep their purity. I don't want to take their purity away by covering myself up. They're going to be ashamed and cover themselves up. And I'm pure at heart. So you can think in your mind, if I let another kid here, I'm going to have to change the way I am so that your kid could be comfortable around me. No, I'm going to be naked as fuck in front of your kids. My son comes up and grabs my penis. I let him grab my penis. I had sex with his mom. I'm making love to his mother. After I'm done, I'm laying there chilling. He grabbed my penis. And he's playing with my penis. I let that happen. I say, yeah, look, you got one too. And he laughing. And the moment is over. It ain't, it's pure. And if I do that with somebody else's kids, and you see how people turned on me over here? You see how people turn on me? Bro, I'm real human, bro. Yeah, that's real. That's how I'm with my son. My son try to be, oh, daddy, don't cover up nothing, son. We naked in front of each other. We not naked. It's our clothes. Fuck is you talking about? My son play with my people. He like, I say, yeah, you got one too. They kids, they want to know. I don't want to hide shit from them. I make love right in front of them. I make love to their mama right in front of them. Like a real man. That's how I get down, homie. That's just me. And if I did that other around other people's kids, they would put me under the fucking jail. You can't be a real human. That's why I don't let nobody kids here but mine, homie. Because I ain't about to alter my life for no one. I walk around naked. That's how I get down with kids. When this video was posted five years ago, shockingly, it didn't raise many alarm bells. With a social media following as large as Carbon Nations, you'd think somebody, anybody, would have spoken up. But seemingly no one did, at least not at first. However, a year and an investigation later, an investigation we don't have any details about, although claims have been made that Nature Boy was cleared by Costa Rican authorities, another video was posted on the channel to clarify the first. It was titled, The Three God Addresses Pedophilia. And let me just tell you, absolutely nothing was clarified. It starts with a whole lot of shit talk. And I mean that literally. Talks about getting sexually aroused while taking a poop. And how poop is from the earth and when you become vegan, you poop differently. Later in the video, he actually sings part of the outcast song, Roses. You know the part about roses really smelling like poo-poo? Okay. He goes on to talk about urine therapy and, quote, drinking your own nectar and shows his nipples to the camera. And then we get to what I think was the point of the video. Nature Boy discusses sex and bonding and how he made love to two women at the same time and showed them how to have sex. 51 minutes in, he states, let me address my pedophilia video now that y'all understand that. And then he triples down on the previous pedophilia video, 
stating that he wasn't talking about having sex in front of his child when he was older. He was talking about while he was a baby. He describes with gestures and all having sex with one of his wives while his child was breastfeeding, claiming that this was just family bonding. He admits again to letting his son touch his penis and states, I'm real in front of my son. And then another poop story just for good measure about how he watched his son squat and poop on the ground and it was so natural. He felt guilty for picking up the poop and throwing it away because returning it to the trees is just farming 101. You really can't make this shit up. Nature Boy then went on a rant about the age of consent and when a female should be able to start having sex. What is the age that a female should be permitted to start having sex? Is it 16? Is it 18? Or is it when they get their menstrual cycle? By nature, we know it's when they get their menstrual cycle. When a woman has a menstrual cycle, when a female has a menstrual cycle, she's able and ready to have sex. That's the feeling she get. Those are called hormones. They call it puberty. But it's not puberty. It's a form in your life where a female is ready to start having sex as a woman. Am I saying that we should have sex with 12-year-olds? Absolutely not. All I'm saying is that that 12-year-old should be able to practice sex with another 12-year-old as a boy because the boy is in that puberty and we should be able as families to mate our ch children with each other. I believe that at the end of the day, we was in villages. And when we in villages, that when the child was ready to have sex, we married this kid with my kid. If me and you are brothers and we're in the same village, not brothers, but, you know, friends and we're in the same village, we're under the same belief system, and I have a daughter and you have a son that, I'm, that we marry them together at these ages because at the end of the day, they're going to do it anyway behind our backs. They're having the feelings from nature. This is what I'm saying. I'm not saying that some old-ass man like myself should be with a 12-year-old like Muhammad did in the Bible. Muhammad had a wife that was 12 years old. But by nature, once a woman has her period, she's able to have sex. That's by nature. Am I saying to give y'all daughters to old men and give them to... No, absolutely not. I think that we should marry to our sons because our sons are starting to have sex at very early ages. We should educate them about sexuality and marry them together. Because we knew that our child was under the same government understanding that we were. But when we suppress these things and say, oh, the statue of... of, 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 of age that a woman can have sex is 16. Okay. That's what you said, but what's the facts behind that? Oh, you're saying the psychology of a woman, she can make her own decisions by then? What? No one's making their own decisions. We only get, the, we're, we're, we're making the decisions our families tell us, our culture tells us. Nobody has, everybody's brainwashed. Everybody don't make their own fucking decisions. We give them the fucking options to make their decisions from. You're not, you, you're, you're being brainwashed. Your culture is controlling your mind. Think about this, because it's happening any way, but it has to be structured. If I have a daughter at 12, at 12 years old or 13 years old, she has a period, I know that she is ready to start having sex. Do I give my daughter to a world like Babylon? Hell no. But if I have a village and we are in our village, I give her to the son of perhaps Keys has a daughter. Key has a daughter. Flo has a daughter. 
Flo has a daughter that's uh, or a son that's 13. I have a daughter that's 13, and they are mated, and they were they were they all have been wedlocked. We say, okay, she's. This is why we give our daughters away to a certain family, so as we know that they understand our concepts in life, and that we don't do certain things, and we have a certain culture in how we do them. But this culture says you have to wait till you're 16. The funny thing is, most you women that are 35 have a mind of a 13-year-old anyway. So here you is. How many women do you know? How many people do y'all know? Raise your hand. That are 30-plus, that are childish as fuck, immature as fuck, psychologically. Yeah, they're old enough by law of man, but that don't make it right. They are, they are, there's, there's children, and my child, my child by 12, 13 years old is going to understand sex. It's going to understand education about how it works and how you're supposed to do it. And should be able to come to me and talk to me about sex and say, Mommy, Daddy, uh, I feel like this. Oh, you feel like that? That's because you feel like this. And we have an open dialogue about her own feelings and guide her through her sexuality, his sexuality. That's how it should be. Give her away? Because she is nothing more than property. Now, I know good and damn well our ancestors and grandmothers didn't fight for our rights as women to let some naked pedophile who shits on trees tell us that we should just hand over our daughters to somebody's dusty ass son at 12 years old like they are property. This right here is the reason I decided to cover this case. To be honest, I struggled with giving this man any more coverage or notoriety. But y'all know after watching these videos, I headed straight to the comments section. And to say I was shook would be an understatement. The reaction was just as concerning as the message. With comments like, I watched this video not once, but twice. Thank you for the realest shit ever spoke. Or my personal favorite, Watching your videos is like pure medicine. Is it medicine for pedos? Because what? Not all of these comments are coming from his followers either. His videos have been cut and clipped, the most disturbing things left out, of course, and are being distributed on TikTok. And the reaction is quite the same. Let me just say a broke ass clock is right twice a day. And the best lies are the ones with the grain of truth. And while there are some ain't this due to cult leader comments from those that know, there are far too many supportive comments, likes, and shares for my comfort. Carbon Nation still has a large online presence. And even as a Lagio Bishop, aka Nature Boy, aka Three God, sits behind bars at this very moment, he still has followers. And from the looks of the social media accounts, they're still recruiting. Carbon Nation is a cult. I mean, I don't have to tell y'all that. But let's take it a step further. Not only is Carbon Nation a cult, but Elagio Bishop and his top leaders are human traffickers. For experts in the field, the link between human trafficking and cults is well established. But it's not something that's discussed enough. Probably the most recent widely public example of human trafficking through a cult is that asshole Keith Raniere and Nexium. But it's more common than you might think. And it's incredibly dangerous, especially for our sisters and daughters. We have only tipped the iceberg on what was really going on in Carbon Nation. 
what I've discussed today, as disturbing as it is, is what the cult itself puts out there publicly. As I'm sure you can imagine, what was actually happening is far worse. As I said, Elagio Bishop is currently behind bars in Georgia on charges of rape, false imprisonment, and three counts of prohibition on nude or sexually explicit electronic transmission without the consent of the depicted person. How did Elagio Bishop get deported from multiple countries and go from cult leader to inmate? Survivors began to speak their truth and what they revealed and continue to reveal about Carbon Nation is shocking. Join me next week for the conclusion of this case. Just one more quick thing before we go. If you or someone you know is a victim of human trafficking or at risk of becoming a victim, resources are available 24-7 in the U.S. at the National Trafficking Hotline. You can call 1-888-373-7888 or text BEFREE to 233-733 or go to polarisproject.org. As always, you can find more information on this case on my Instagram at least underscore of these or my Facebook at least of these podcast. I'll be bringing you the conclusion of this case next Thursday. Make sure you hit that subscribe button if you haven't already so you don't miss it. You can finally get all your episodes ad-free just the way you like them for just $2 a month. And as a member of Patreon, you'll be the first to be notified when new tiers will be launched with exclusive episodes and a few bonus surprises. Head on over to patreon.com slash least of these to support the show today. Thank you for listening. Thank you for caring. If you know something, say something. And until next time, be good to each other. In the 1970s, John Todd burst onto the evangelical scene with a shocking tale. He claimed to be a former witch involved in a then unheard of secret organization called the Illuminati and urged Christians to prepare for a violent world takeover. First of all, the number one weapon in everybody's home should be a 12-gauge pump shotgun. Hear the amazing story of one of the originators of the modern-day conspiracy theory. From Magnificent Noise and Sony Music Entertainment, this is Cover Up, The Conspiracy Tapes.